Thanks, Mike. Um, great job, man. That was that was awesome. Um, so, some of you guys don't know this, but I'm actually running the slides as we're doing this. So, as Mike's Mike's leading us in worship, I'm getting called up in worship. I'm forgetting to turn the slides at the right time. Um, so it's interesting times for sure. But Mike, uh, thanks a lot for um, leading us in worship. That was awesome. Uh, I just want to start out uh, first of all by saying hi to everyone. Uh, maybe this is your first time tuning into our live stream um, right now because of the coronavirus. Things are a little bit different than they normally are. Uh, everybody's lives have been affected, and so uh, we are doing this on um, Saturday evenings at six o'clock. Gives you a chance to tune in tonight. Gives you a chance to tune in all weekend long, and really just allow this to um, to fit into your schedule however you see fit. Um, my name is Danny. I'm the executive pastor here at 1010 Community. And uh, for the last several weeks, I've been going through a series called The Great Cover-Up. And, um, and so we're going to continue in that. And tonight is actually the last uh, night for The Great Cover-Up series. Um, we've been going through it for roughly five weeks, I believe. And uh, it's been really good. It's been really enlightening and um, has really opened up even my eyes as I've been studying through this and teaching on it. Uh, the different ways in which um, some of the demonic influence can come into our lives, some of the ways that my own flesh uh, rules uh, rules the day, so to speak. And so um, we're going to finish that up tonight. Uh, before we do, I uh, just want to take a second real quick um, everybody to let everybody know um, that um, Pastor Dave, I, I think I saw you were watching on Facebook. I uh, hope you're recovering well. Um, Hope that you're doing well, that you and your family are um, safe and sound during this time, and that um, your recovery process um, goes uh, well. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Pastor Dave, uh, feel free to. Um, he's recovering. He had a he had a minor heart attack uh, over the, during the week this week, and so we just wanted to um, send our love your way and hope that um, your recovery is smooth. Um, for those of you who have also haven't seen, the Ferry household has just had a crazy week as Laura's been sick and. And so I've been playing Mr. Mom, and that's been very interesting as I'm, you know, entering into a new role. Um, didn't get didn't get to work at all this week. Um, so the coronavirus has just been very interesting, has changed a lot of people's lives and have, has changed um, so much about, like, what life used to look like. I don't know what normal looks like right now because um, every day, whether I'm here at home uh, or whether I'm at my job or, you know, doing something church-related – um, things aren't the way that they normally are. And so we're just having to kind of to learn on the fly. And so I just want you all to know that um, maybe you all are going through that too. I'm right there with you. I can empathize so much with you. And my, really my prayer is that um, is that the Lord would meet you right in that place, give you comfort, let you know that he's in control. These days are not surprising him in any way. He's sovereign. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's, you know, past, present, future. He's already in the future. He knows what tomorrow has in store for us, uh, but his word says, don't worry about that. Worry about today because today has enough worries of its own. And so I just wanted to take a, a couple seconds to encourage you that way because even in my own life, I've had to remind myself this week, listen, I may not know what the future holds, but I know that God has everything. In con- he's in control of everything. I'm being held in the palm of his hand, and anybody that's there, he won't you know, let anything happen to them. Um, that's not in his will. So um, just want to encourage you guys with that to start things off today. thought it was important in the midst of the coronavirus. You know, the first couple weeks, it's a newer thing. And uh, now it's kind of getting old, to be completely honest. I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Like, I'm tired of being at home all the time. I'm tired of maybe being inside. I know I can get out, but the weather hasn't quite broken yet. And so um, we're doing what we can here in the house. Uh, The kids and I have been out this week. But just be encouraged. We're all kind of there together. Um, God's in the midst of this, and he's, he's got everything um, under control. So to finish up the great cover-up series, uh, my first official full series that I've ever preached. So uh, praise God for that. I thank him so much for meeting me right in the midst of this. Um, you know, from the very beginning, I, I kind of had a, an idea of, what he, of, of the things that he wanted uh, to be shared. Um, but he's faithfully shown up time and time again, uh, even when I'm kind of like, oh, Lord, I don't know about this, but he's been there. Um, and today we're going to finish up the, uh, the uh, title for the message is The Path to Holiness. And so last week, if you remember, the, the message was The Roadblock to Holiness. 
Um, you know, a lot of times we're on this road with, with the Lord. We, we have this salvation that we, that we come into. And, um, and then along the way, there's like this roadblock. Discipleship doesn't quite do its job. Um, you know, we, we have this, we have this, you know, turning to ourself to try to help ourselves get more holy. And it ends up taking us down a, down a path that, uh, we really don't want to, to be down. So along the way during the series, uh, we have discussed numerous things. So I talked about already just the way that Satan tries to demonically influence us. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but you know we went through that first week where we talked about all the ways that he tries to kind of speak to us, um, enter in. Um, you know, did God really say, "Hey, is that really the full truth?" Just kind of giving us half truths, trying to appeal to our senses. You know, he 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 gave Eve. He kind of talked about that fruit like it was the like the most luscious piece of fruit ever. Um, and so he, this is the same way that he tries to get at us in the midst of our lives as well. And then we also talked about kind of some of the ways that he tries to, um, disrupt the church. And so we talked about kind of some of the petty distractions, complacency, just kind of living on yesterday's accomplishments, not really being willing to push forward into today, into the here and now, and into this time period and this culture to really, you know, do something, uh, for the Lord and then finally, just discouragement and frustration. We talked about in the book of Ezra how um, the Israelites, they, they left Babylon and they went back to Israel to rebuild the temple. And people there just frustrated them and discouraged them for 23 years. And they never got the temple accomplished. And then Nehemiah came rushing in and in 43 days, bam, had everything accomplished. And so um, we talked about that. We, we, we went, we took a week where we talked about the coronavirus and just encouraged ourselves in God's word, knowing that he's in full control. And then last week we started this conversation on holiness. And I always knew that when, the, at the very beginning of this, of this series, I knew that the series ended in holiness. And it's very simple as to why it ends in holiness. It's because we started this series in the Garden of Eden. We started this series with Adam and Eve in perfect relationship with the Lord. And we need to end this series with the call to holiness, which is very simply put, is the call for us to return to who we were before the fall. And so we've come full circle here. We've talked about Satan's you know, his ways of doing things. We talked about how we have demonic influence that we're working against in this world. Um, we, but we also talked last week about the flesh. So it's not just demonic influence, but we're just naturally sinful. We're just naturally, our flesh like has this desire to want to do things that go against what God is calling us to do. And so um, for me, you know, I've, I've heard numerous um, sermons on holiness but something that's always happened in, in the sermons about holiness is I've always left those sermons um, asking more questions than when I originally went in to it. And so I don't know if that if any of you guys can relate to that, but I always feel like I'm leaving without seeing the full picture of holiness. It always the messages I always hear is you're set apart for a purpose, so go do it. And that's that's true. We are set apart for our purpose, but the 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 go achieve holiness part is the part that I always feel that's left out. And so I just want to take some time this evening to dive into that. Um, you know, when I, when I leave those messages, a lot of times I end up asking questions, or or I hear people even ask these questions like, "How do I become more holy?" or "What's the purpose of being holy?" Or what does holiness even look like? And so I hope this evening, I'm guessing I'm not the only person that probably has felt this way at one point or another. Um, because, first of all, what the Bible says in First Peter is that because God is holy, he calls us to be holy. And so that right there, when we are put, when we read that statement and we are, we are compared in, in, in some respects to the fact that God is holy, therefore we are to be holy, that feels like this immense calling, this comparison, this contrasting of being like God, because God is so awesome. He is so magnificent. Uh, he, he, you know, we, we can't even be in God's presence. If you look in the word of God, anytime that anyone has ever came into the, the presence of God, um, they couldn't look up. They were fearful. They kept their head down. And it wasn't until the Lord 
kind of said, it's okay here. You know, you know, you can either look at part of me, none of me, whatever. Let me just glance by you. You know, there's several instances in the word of God. Um, that's God. And so when I'm, when I'm mentioned as needing to be holy in that same respect, that just feels really heavy to me. And, and maybe you, um, maybe you can, can, you know, relate to that. Um, cause cl- with that being said, I feel like because of that, clothing myself in holiness seems like it can be a very confusing process. And so just a little way that we can engage this evening, I want to try this out. If you feel like holiness is a difficult concept to grasp, would you just give a comment on Facebook, uh, you know, and just say, hey, you know what, sometimes that's a little bit confusing to me. Sometimes I don't fully grasp that. Um, you know, and by the same token, if holiness is something that, you know, you've been in church and, man, you feel like you have it down, I would love, love to speak with you and maybe even do like a little supplemental uh, podcast or video later on in the week or something where we can talk about that and we can give additional information about that because holiness is such a large topic. It's vast. I mean, you could spend forever talking about the holiness of God and our call to holiness. And so I just want to invite you guys to interact in that way. Yeah, we're not together, but post something on there. Let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are on holiness. You know, if I'm barking up the right tree on this topic that sometimes it can be really confusing Sometimes it can seem really difficult and hard. Um, just let me know. Give a like, give a share, um, post a comment, whatever you need to do um, to let us know. Um, you know, a couple other questions that, that I've had with this, um, and, and you probably have had them as well, is like, why is why does God's word put so much emphasis on our becoming holy? Because if you spend any amount of time in the word of God, you see over and over and over the call for us to be holy. And so sometimes because it feels like such a weighty thing and because it's in the word of God so much, it can feel a little bit like frustrating if, if we don't get a handle on it. With that being said, I think that all these are relevant questions and, and these are things that, that I would really love to address this evening. It may not give you answers to every single one of your questions, but I do believe that for the most part, we're going to be able to look at kind of the full picture of holiness, the full picture uh, of, of, of this process of becoming holy, the path to holiness. And if you get nothing else out of tonight, nothing else, the number one thing you need to be able to take home right now is that the path to holiness takes us straight to Jesus. So last week we talked about Um, the Israelites, and God told them that they were to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. They were to be separate for him. And the Israelites were like, yeah, God, yeah, God, we're going to do that. That's exactly, yes, like we are are on team God here. We got this. And these were the people that had saw manna rain from heaven. They saw the Red Sea parted. They saw God, you know, get get water out out of a rock. They saw God take bitter water and make it sweet. They saw God do all these amazing things. And by the time that um, Moses gets done hearing about all the law, all the commandments, they're making a golden calf and they're worshiping an idol and, and they're turning away from the Lord. And so for us, here's the amazing thing. Here's, here's the awesome thing. Second uh, Peter has this, has this verse. Um, you can check it out sometime. Second Peter says this, that we are also called to the same calling as the Israelites, that we are a, that we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And now through Christ, now through Christ, we have the ability to achieve that at levels that the Israelites couldn't. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. And so what I want to do, it's going to be a little different, a little bit interesting, um, but I want to walk through last week this conversation that we had about idolatry. Um, I'm not going to hit all aspects of, of idolatry. You literally could take, you know, this is a sermon series in and of itself. But what I want to do is I, I just want to refresh this quick. Last week we said that, you know, tough times can come in our life. And sometimes what we do rather than depend on God or go towards the Lord or seek him out is we can become our own God or we will seek out other idols. We'll seek out food, money. Um, you know, we'll partner up with, with one of those, those businesses that were marketing themselves and we will let them be our idol rather than going before the Lord and asking him, Lord, you are the provider. You are everything that I need. 
And so what we do in our life is we set up these idols. And so I just want to walk through kind of what the process of holiness looks like. Because the, the number one question that I think that needs to be answered here tonight is, how do I get to the point of holiness? How do I get from point A, recognizing I have a problem, I have something in my life that needs to be redeemed, to transformation to holiness? And so what I've done is, I, you know, I was sitting down earlier today, I was reading First Peter 13 through 22. I was really looking at that. If you want to take some time this week to look through that, man, that is a packed, um, that's a packed, like, passage right there. And it deserves a whole, a whole sermon series all of its own. But as I was reading through it, I really began to just notice some things. Um, and so what I've done is I've actually made a, a flow chart here and a visual aid for us to kind of look at. And so here's, here's kind of the first, the first thing I want us to take a look at. Um, these are acts of the flesh. And so last week we were talking about how we have, these problem with, we have this problem with idolatry and that it's a, it's a flesh problem. Sometimes we can say, oh, it's demonic influence. There are things that are demonic influence, but we're just naturally always going to be pushed towards looking towards somewhere else besides, besides God. And so when we have this happen, um, it's an act of the flesh. And Galatians five nineteen through 20 actually talks about this. And so I just want to show you guys that. I'll go back to it real quick. But what this, what this says is, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Let me go to the next one. There is no next one. So that's the only one that I did. Um, But the big thing is the Bible clearly states that idolatry is a work of the flesh. And so if we go back here in in our hypothetical situation, and so this is what I want to walk us through. Let's say that through one of these three ways, whether it's our community, the Holy Spirit, or the Word of God. And I have different scripture there that you can reference throughout the week if you want to um, about how those three things can help show us that we have an issue in our life. So if you're reading the Word of God and you realize, oh man, you know, I'm really falling into idolatry. Or, you know, you're doing something in your life and the Holy Spirit reminds you, you know, you're, you're becoming... You know, you're becoming a little too dependent on that. You you really didn't go to the Lord first. Or if you have a friend, and I mean, this would be a great friend. Um, and this is, this is what community should look like. Or a husband and wife. But some type of community aspect would say, hey, I'm noticing that you're falling into th- something. If they begin to to come to you and say, hey, you you have this problem, then, then um, we're going to move on to the next thing here then there's a path that we should begin to take to work it out. So the first thing is, um, what this is saying is we need to be in the Word of God because we can't know we can't know if we're acting out of the flesh or doing the will of God unless we're in the Word of God. Secondly, we need to have communion with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, even when we're not in the Word of God, if we've been in the Word of God and we're living our lives, the Holy Spirit can in an instant just be like, hey, they'll knock on the door of your heart and let you know something's going on. Or right now, this is like one of the hardest things is we can't be in community. Um, so maybe within your household, I know one of the funniest things, you know, some of the funniest things you see on TV is like husbands and wives know each other's faults better than anybody. And so sometimes it's hard to receive from them, but most of the time they're spot on. Your spouse is probably really spot on with where you fall short. Anyway, as we walk through this and we know we have this issue with idolatry, then we walk down to the next part of this, to this path here. And so somebody's come to us, Holy Spirit's talked to us, the Word of God has informed us, hey, you have an issue with idolatry. We talked about it last week. We turn to other things. And so where do we go from there? Yeah, I know I have a problem, but how, how can I get from there to a place of holiness? And so the great thing about the Word of God is it's, Sharper than any two-edged sword, right? That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. So not only does the Word of God convict, but then it says, this is how to get right. And so what we want to do is we want to, once we identify what our issue is, we want to go to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to inform us. And the first thing that the Word of God says in any of these situations 
You can look at Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 1.7 says, uh, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all uh, knowledge. And when we get to that, and we, and we, we look at that, um, that tells us that we can't really move any farther than being dependent on our God. And so we talked about this in Nehemiah earlier in our series, Nehemiah 4.14. Nehemiah said to them when the, the scourgers were there, when the frustrators were there, remember your God. And in the midst of that, I mean, that was, that was, that was to me, in the midst of reading that passage, in the midst of us talking about how God wants to move at 1010. That was such an amazing thing for me because sometimes we lose sight of our God. Sometimes in the programmatic world and in the world of trying to um, have, well, when we have all the noise of social media, you have all the noise of all the marketing, trying to feel like we need to compete in the midst of that. Uh, Sometimes we can just become so focused on our own power um, that we forget to remember who our God is. And so one way that we can remember the fear of the Lord is just remembering all the things they did. Go back and look through the Word of God. Look through all the miraculous things that God has done in the history of the world, all the movements of God. The second thing that we need to do when we're considering the fear of the Lord is we need to look at Jesus' work on the cross. And we don't look at that because we need to be in um, fear of the Lord in, in a way that's, that is, um, you know, somebody who's a scared, scary movie scared. What we need to do is we need to consider the fact that God was willing to take his wrath and place it upon his son for the sake of the world. That in order for God to be God, in order for him to maintain his integrity of who he is, he was willing to sacrifice his son. His son was willingly, uh, he, he willingly went to the cross, but God also knew that that was the correct path. And so in that, the fear of the Lord is that Jesus' work on the cross was enough um, and that God was actually willing to place his wrath upon his own son for our sake. And so as you can see, as we're building this, as we're building this out, we're starting to get into um, a, this, this whole category here is faith, Right? None of us, maybe maybe some of us, some of us have personal things in our life that we can memorials that we've talked about before. What are the memorials in your life? But in most cases, right, we weren't there when Jesus was crucified. And in a lot of the Old Testament scripture, New Testament stuff, we weren't there. So in order for us to step into an area where we have fear of the Lord, we need to we need to exercise a level of faith. The foundation of of Christianity is faith, faith in Christ, faith in our God, faith that the Word of God is true. And so, um, just a couple of, of scriptures um, that you might want to take a look at. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what's really important about, um, you know, going to the Word of God. So if you identify something in your life, this idolatry type thing, and then you go to the Word of God, the Word of God is actually discerning. And if you're being, uh, if you're not being true to your own self, the Word of God has the power and the ability to discern that and to set you on the right path. If you go into seeing a problem and you try to go into that out of your own power, You've already taken the wrong path to holiness. The path to holiness go, runs through the Word of God. And so this has the ability for you to discern your thoughts and your intentions of your heart. We've talked about the Word of God several times. Um, it's, it's the backbone of what we do in our faith. If we're not in the Word of God, if we're not reading the Word of God, if we're not consulting the Word of God, um, then we're just going to continue to run into this crazy cycle of never really transforming, of always remaining the same. So after we get to the place of faith, I don't know if you all remember last week, but we talked about this. Surrender. Surrender. And in Matthew um, 16, 24 through 26, 
this is the backbone. This is this is the backbone of the path leading us to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty four through twenty six. Then Jesus told his disciples, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it." For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You see, there's this moment between faith and actually doing something about what's wrong in your life that requires surrender. It requires you saying, it's not of my own power. I'm laying down my life. I need to make a change. I believe that God is who he says he is. And because God says who he says he is, I don't have to do it out of my own power. This is what makes transformation so exhausting. Because we do it out of our own power. We're either self-righteous and uh, going into it saying we're going to do it out of our own willpower. Or we fall short because we can't and we're self-condemning. But in this instant, what we are saying is, I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to follow Jesus. Because the way that he leads me towards is holiness. He's God in the flesh. And so if I follow God in the flesh, I'm going to become more like God. I'm going to be more Christ-like. And so we talk about these terms all the time. I'm a Christian, which means I'm Christ-like. I'm sorry, if you're a Christian in today's world, there's probably a good chance that you're not necessarily Christ-like, even though that's what it's supposed to say. It's a process that takes time. And yes, the world has labeled us as Christians, um, but I, I truly believe there should be a, a different term. I don't know what that term is uh, because to become Christ-like requires time. It requires transformation. It requires us to walk in holiness at levels. And so um, just because you pray a prayer does not ultimately mean, hey, right away, that you've entered into holiness. Holiness is a process that takes time. And so surrender just surrendering everything over it's it's the n- toughest thing right it basically means that you're saying i'm not my own god god you are god and you know last week i said can we just let god be god right it seems like such an easy thing to say an easy thing to to think about but a lot of times the answer to that is no we we won't just let god be god uh we think we know better even though god is this awesome this powerful this almighty we come at it from the aspect that, um, you know, we just we just know better. We're gonna we're gonna do it our way, and and what it ends up what it ends up doing on on this path is if you don't go to surrender, if you don't lay down your life, your wants, the things that um, you desire, and you don't step into the next part with with all that laid down, with all that put to death, then when you get into the gospels. When you get into actually doing actionable things for change to happen, you begin to do it out of your own power. And, and, and it just it doesn't end well when you do that. And so surrender means, you know, it, it's 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 like the verse in Matthew where Jesus says, you know, if you're if you're if you're weary and heavy burdened, you know, I'll take on the yoke for you. I will show you the way. I'm paraphrasing this. That's what's happening in the moment of surrender. Listen, Lord, I don't, I, I'm doing this, and if I could stop doing it out of my own power, I definitely would, right? But the, but the, but the honest, the honest uh, part of this is that we can't do it out of our own power, maybe for a short time, but it's not sustaining in that way. And so we need to lay it down. We need to make it God's issue. We need to say, God, um, I'm giving this to you. I know that you give me sufficient grace um, to walk through this, but I'm giving it to you. Lord, have your way, make the change. And so then we get into the Gospels here. And we get into some actionable ways that we can actually um, begin to partner with God in the, the transformation process. And so at the bottom here, I know you guys can see like faith plus action, right? We, we read this in the Bible all the time. It's, it's all these different things we've read in the Bible coming together to actually show us what what it looks like to come into holiness, what it looks like to have transformation, what it looks like to kind of go from here, point A, 
to, to, to the end result, which is, which is holiness. And so we have faith, we have our action, uh, which we find our action where? We find it in the Gospels. We follow the life of Jesus. We see how he dealt with situations. And you know what we do? We take his advice and we, and, and we take it and we try to apply it to our life. So we pray. He, Jesus showed us in, in Matthew how to pray, how to go before the Lord. He showed us how to fast. He showed us what it meant to fast. He showed us how to resist the devil. He shows us how to love and love well. He shows us what it looks like to be repentant. Jesus' number one message was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So many times in church, and I've said this, I'm going to keep saying it, repentance is like a bad word in church. It means that we've done something wrong. The simple fact of the matter is you haven't done something wrong. You're just wired wrong, and you need to turn those things towards God. That's where repentance is. Jesus shows us how to forgive and talks to us about how if we expect our Father in heaven to forgive, how can we, how can we, um, how can we not forgive others? He talks to us about suffering. I mean, he shows us suffering on the cross. And, you know, coming up to Easter um, this next week, I mean, the ultimate, you know, Good Friday, we're going to be talking, you know, about uh, the suffering of Christ. And he shows us how to do it well. He shows us how to do it um, with dignity. He shows us how to do it in a way that... Um, Yes, it may end in death. Yes, you may lose your life at the end of the day. But a way that leads to holiness, a way that leads to, to, to God, a way that leads to you know eternal life, not a way that gives us temporary pleasure and, and temporary um, satisfaction, but then ultimately leaves us empty. And finally, he shows us what it means to be just people, to do the right thing. Even in the midst of, of, of the trials of him facing all the different persecution, Jesus always did uh, the right thing. And so, <clears throat> as, we, as we go along this path, um, I also want to state that one of the things here that, that we're being called to, it's, like a, it's another one of the dirty words, you put it with repentance, is there is a call here, action, uh, in, in the action part, to, to forming spiritual disciplines. I know like probably like half the people that watch this are like shuddering right now. Like, oh, that's super religious. I'm not calling you to be religious. I'm not calling you to do this out of just, um, you know, some ritual. I'm, I'm calling you to, to take on spiritual disciplines that you know will help you to draw nearer to God and will be beneficial for your relationship in Christ. That's what true spiritual disciplines do. What you're doing is you're disciplining yourself. You're taking your your wrong ways. It's a partner to repentance, right? You know you're doing something that's not quite right. You're turning away from it. But in order to keep yourself from falling back into the old ways, you've got to put something in place, a check, a safety, so to speak, that allows you to continue to walk in the straight path. And that's what spiritual disciplines are. And that's what Christ was showing us in the Gospels, right? He went off to pray privately by himself. He didn't, you know, say, oh, I'm going to go perform a spiritual discipline. But that's what he was doing. That, that, was, that was a discipline. I need to go pray. I've been around people all day long. They've been wanting of me. They've been taking from me. I need to go spend time with the Father and allow him to fill me back up. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill me back up. And so um, a lot of times, you know, that spiritual discipline means that you are denying yourself. But that's the call from Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Surrender. Deny yourself. Lay down your life. Deny yourself. The next part of this, um, this thing is getting crazy, right? This, this, this chart is just getting out of control. And so that's why I kind of went piece by piece here. But once we walk through some of those spiritual disciplines, once we begin to put things into action... Once we repeatedly surrender, we repeatedly, um, you know, go before the Lord, we ask Him, we pray. Then we get to this transformative part. And so Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says this, that we are to put off our old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful uh, desires and to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness 
and holiness. So for a lot of us, we talk about transformation like transformation is the end goal of all the things we are doing, right? We say we come into a relationship with Christ. We move into sanctification, which is the daily of daily part of us ta- like turning, looking more like Christ. And then we just say that's a great process. Like, you know, we're just going to keep living that out forever and slowly transforming. But the truth of the matter is, is transformation is a springboard into holiness, I think that's important for us to understand. Yes, we need to be undergoing transformative processes. As we're going through prayer, fasting, as we're learning to love, as we're repenting, as we're forgiving. Listen, this is not an all-encompassing list here of action. This is just examples of, of some of the more popular ones. But as we go through and we look and see what Jesus did, and as we allow those things to transform our lives, because what I, what I said at the beginning— that, that, that the path to holiness runs through and, and leads us right to Jesus. Leads us right to Jesus. And so when we walk out of our experience with Jesus, we are now transformed. If you look at the Word of God and you see any time that somebody met with Jesus, they never left the same way that they came in, even if they were still uh, um, conspiring to kill him. He had an influence and an impact on them. They were transformed. And so this is the same thing that needs to happen in our lives. We surrender to him. We put these actionable things. We meet him in the Gospels. We, we learn about the things that he tells us to do, the, the disciplines, prayer, fasting, loving one another, repenting, turning from the ways, the, the wicked ways uh, of, of our life. You know, in this case, we're talking about idolatry. We started with idolatry. Like, Lord, how do we turn from that? And, and now we enter, and now we're, now we now we have have put on the uh, taken off the old self and put on the new self and we look different we look Christ like and 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 what that transformation what that transformation does is it, it, it springboards us right into the call for holiness and so what I want to do here is I want us to read a passage in um Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Um, this is, this is a, an awesome passage. And um, if, you ever, if you have some time, go through. I would even encourage you to get on. Um, John Piper does an amazing um, through the word thing where he breaks this down. And it is phenomenal. So take a, take a couple of seconds with all your spare time at home and, and do yourselves a favor and, and watch that. Because uh, first, John Piper is an amazing teacher. But second of all, it's, it's going to rock your world. It's going to really transform probably how a lot of us look um, at, our, at, our, um, at the purpose and, and just give us a new view into, into our faith. So anyway, Isaiah 48, 9 through 11 says this, For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. And so I want to go back here. And I want us to look at holiness for a second. I want us to talk about holiness. And I want us to have the right mindset when we talk about holiness because holiness is truly God's call for us to return to our original state. And in this life, we always talk about, um, you know, I've heard it many times, like, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I know that I'm coming up short, all these things. But God calls us to holiness um, and to live out a holy life because we represent him. If you're going to take the name Christian, if you're going to represent yourself as a follower of Christ, and you're going to brand yourself as a man or woman of God, then we have to understand who we are representing. 
what God was saying in Isaiah 48 is do not be mistaken about my do not be mistaken about why I'm doing what I'm doing it's for my name's sake it's for he says for my name's sake for the sake of my praise he says again for my own sake for my own sake when God repeats something twice it's time to listen up because there's a what what has happened in a lot of church cultures is we have gotten a little fairy taleish with the with the gospel and with who God is. We break it down to all love, we break it down to the the things that society will accept in hopes that they will be drawn in. And the simple fact of the matter is if we walked up to them and said, "God did all this for his glory, for his namesake," is not a coffee cup verse. It's not coffee cup material. But the word of God simply says this right now. God does everything for his glory, everything for his namesake, everything for uh, for the sake of his praise. And what God's saying in this passage, he's specifically talking to Israel in this passage and saying, I'm deferring my anger for my namesake. I am restraining myself for the sake of my praise. Um, and he won't give his glory to another. What's amazing about this passage is that God's doing all these things. He's restraining his anger. He is deferring his anger. But we know, if we go back to faith, that ultimately God's anger did come out in wrath on the cross. But it was his nature. It's his personality, his character, to say, I give second chances. I'm going to find another way for my people. But it's not for them 100%. It's for my namesake. Because if I didn't do this thing, I wouldn't be God. And sometimes we make this, 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 this faith that we have all about us. And that God does so much of what he does because he desires us. Or because, you know, it just becomes so so consumeristic but the reason that God does what he does is because he can't help himself it is just who God is it is just who God is and so the reason God calls us to this holiness is because we are the representation of who God is to this world I don't know about you guys but I I want you guys to think about this because this is this this holiness concept is heavy and I want us to be able to walk out of here with greater clarity than we walked into it. but I want you to think about this have you ever thought of have you ever been thought of in a certain way by somebody because of your because of your association with somebody else I really want you to think about that maybe when you were in school your parents said hey don't hang out with that person you know what I mean don't hang out with that person. They're a bad influence. Maybe you hung out with them. I want you to think about this in that same light. If you're hanging out with God, then you're going to look like God. And if you're not hanging out with God and you're not spending time with him and you're not allowing this transformative work and you're not pursuing holiness, you're not going to look like God, but you're going to walk around saying, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian. And that, that hurts the very heart of God. That's the very reason that we've put Christ on the cross. And I know that's heavy to think about, but it's the truth of the matter. That's the gospel right there. That's why the gospel is so important. And these are the things, we have, we have to grasp this because God's, the, God calling us to holiness isn't just an option. It's a command. In First Peter, he says, I am holy, therefore you need to be holy. So you don't get an option in this. It isn't like check the box. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, if this is the God um, that you say that you want to follow, the God of all creation, then you got to do it. You have to pursue holiness. It's not optional. It means you're going to represent him in all of your life, in every single area. When I think about this, I think about that we say that God is the God of the universe. He created everything. 
I can't imagine when I think about the bigness, the grandeur of God. When I when I when I look at it from the right perspective, when I look at it from a biblical perspective, and I think about the fact that I might be misrepresenting him to the world, that when the world looks at me and they think that man's a man of God, or he claims to be a man of God, but it doesn't match up with what I'm seeing in his life, that breaks me. That breaks me. It makes me go right to my knees in prayer. It makes me. It, it pushes me right back to the cross. It makes me go right before the Lord and tell him, Father, I am sorry. That is not my desire. It takes making a fluffy prayer about uh, a fluffy prayer about salvation, and makes us realize that it's not a free ticket to heaven. That it's not just about a prayer, but it's about the process. It's about making that confession of faith and then pursuing holiness. One of the other things that the Lord um, helped me to remember um, was. I'm going to go on here for a second. One of the other things that the Lord helped me to remember uh, about this is that we've been talking an awful lot about Satan. Um, we've been talking about his, his, the way that he is, the schemes that he tries to, to use to get into our life. And one of the things that the Lord reminded me of as I was, as I was prepping for this is um, Satan only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And through us, when we're not being obedient, to the Lord, when we're not walking in holiness, and we allow Him to kind of work through us because of whatever whatever the reason is, because either maybe our faith isn't that strong, or maybe we're just kind of lackadaisical in our faith. But when we allow Him to kind of manipulate us in our lives, when we allow our flesh to rule the day, Satan is able to use us in a way where he is killing, stealing, and destroying the identity of God to the world that we possess to give to them when we're walking out our faith. That is the ultimate goal of why Satan does what he does. It's the ultimate uh, problem with our flesh is that it just goes against a loving, gracious, merciful God. And it's why Jesus calls us to um, lay down our life, deny ourselves, because we may think that in our own power we're, we're achieving holiness, but the Word of God says differently. It says it requires surrender. It requires us to lay down everything. The final piece of this that I'm going to share here real quick is just as important as, as everything else is out of holiness comes righteousness. Out of holiness comes righteousness. And so 2 Corinthians, um, there's, this, there's this really awesome thing. I, I used to have a beanie that I wore to, to work at Rudders. Um, and 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21 says this, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Righteousness. Righteousness defined is so simple. It's doing the right thing at the right time. It's knowing when to do the right thing. It's knowing what the right thing is. And the only way that we can walk out righteousness is if we've gone through the process of transformation. We've become holy. Listen, we can, we can obtain holiness in different areas of our life. We may not have it all right now. That is, the pro, that is the true process of sanctification. But we can obtain holiness in certain areas. We can, we can, we can walk things out. And as we, as we grow, right, this is the beauty of this process, is that we have this thing called grace. That even when we fall, not only does grace say that God's not going to hold it against us, not only does it say that Jesus has already paid the price for us, 
And that's why God isn't going to hold it against us. But it also says, you now have the power to go back at it. And that's the beauty of, of, of grace. So maybe we're not perfectly holy in every area, but we have to pursue holiness in every single area. And so if the Lord gives you something, for instance, we have this idolatry, right? We work through this process. We realize that uh, we surrender to the Lord, and as we're praying, as we're fasting, as, 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 as we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. Listen, even in this action stage, I mean, there's community. There's people speaking into your life. There's counsel. There's other things that I didn't add in here that we can talk about. But as we're doing those things, as all that's happening, the Lord is going to reveal because he is faithful. He's going to reveal the root of that stuff, and he's going to allow you to work it out. He's going to allow you to work it out in prayer, fasting. Maybe you need to go to counseling. Either way, action is action. And so one of the things that I wanted us to leave here with is knowing that we, do, that we are not a part of a, of a faith. We're not part of, of, of Christianity. We don't, we don't follow Christ. It's not, a lazy, uh, it's not a lazy faith. We have to be willing to, to work, but it's a different type of work than the world tells us to do. It's a work where we partner with God. And so we have to be able to, to do the work that we're called to do, um, not necessarily the take the path that we think is perfect. So that's something I definitely want us to know. Like, We can't just show up for church, hear a message, and then leave and think that we're instantly holy. That's not. We can't go and pray a prayer and just instantly think that we're walking in holiness. We're not. Because if we leave church, go to McDonald's, blow up on the person giving us our food because they got they gave us the wrong order. We are not portraying holiness to the world. And I think the number one thing that we need to realize is that God reconciled the world through Christ so that we may know him, that we may that we may become ambassadors of Christ. And so that is not something to be taken lightly. The call to holiness, the call to, to righteousness um, is so much greater, and and here's the here's the like closing point on this that I want you all um, to 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 kind of to kind of think about. Um, I want you guys to kind of ask yourselves a couple questions. Number one, is your life honoring God? Like, are you really in? Are you really taking this this faith that you that you have? Are you are you taking it seriously? Are you pursuing holiness? Or, or is it just kind of a club where it's a community of people that you get along with, you agree with with the lifestyle, but it's just a lifestyle. It's not. It's not your life. Um, the next thing I want you to consider, as as you're kind of thinking about this, is are you representing the holiness of God? And I mean, I think that's the weightiest part of this, right? The Bible says that we're holy. We're set apart for a purpose. We're set apart for a purpose, and that purpose is to be ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to be the representation of God to the world. And so, are we doing that? Number three, is pursuing holiness even on your radar? Or is this just kind of hitting you and making you feel like really crappy? That's not the point of this. The point of this is that this is a weighty topic, but there's celebration to be had in the midst of this. We get to go back to being, when we follow this process, when we walk this out, we get to go back to being uh, more and more each and every day like we used to be, like we were in the garden. For a lot of people, holiness is drudgery, right? It's drudging through this stuff. But that's not what God wants. God's not going to, you're not going to not be who you are. You're just going to take out the, God's just going to take out the parts of you that, that shouldn't be there. The parts of you that are broken, he's going to fix. And so sometimes walking through this process, it's like, oh, it's really hard. I have this stuff really deeply ingrained, right? We have, we have the stuff that we talked about. We have the generational sin that might be coming in there. We might have past hurts and demonic influence. And listen, we're not denying that, but what I'm saying is we deal with it. We allow the Lord to heal it and we pursue holiness. And so our, is, is, is pursuing holiness even on your radar? One of the things that we're going to do right at the very end, uh, Mike's going to come, is going to play. And one of the things that I want to do is I want us to just pray a prayer of surrender to the Lord. I want us to take a moment and just surrender 
ourselves. And if you want to join in, great, let's do it. Um, if, if you're just a little bit confused, if you have questions, by all means, um, you know, we can talk and that would be awesome. Um, but I think that's where it starts. I think it starts with a prayer of surrender. Father, I want to pursue holiness. Father, I need to lay down my life. Father, my faith and, and following you is more than just what it has been. Lord, I am representing you in everything that I do every single day. And then I begin to wonder, right? I want to encourage us. I begin to wonder. What would it look like for 1010 to pursue holiness together? What would it look like for 1010 to be the representation of God wherever we're at? What would it look like for our church to look at holiness not begrudgingly but in pursuit of the heart of a holy almighty all-powerful God who deserves all of our glory and all of our praise deserves everything we have because his personality and who God is doesn't know how to do anything other than give all of himself and everything that that he does Jesus gave himself up, gave up his life. God made a way so that he could be perfectly God and yet still be in communion with us. And sometimes when we're walking through this life, we forget those things. We forget in the midst of the Trinity that that God had to go um, and have a conversation with Jesus. This is the way. And Jesus... In perfect obedience, I will. In perfect unity, I will. We can't expect less than that in our own lives. And so if you want to come before the Lord this evening and repent and say, Father, I haven't been pursuing holiness. God, holiness wasn't even on my radar. If you want to come and say, you know, Father, I'm sorry about making my faith about me, about the things I could get out of it, and not making, uh, pursuing you, not making my faith about being an ambassador for you. You know, let's let's pray these things. Let's go before the Lord. Let's repent. Repentance is a beautiful thing. You're going to turn your life around literally with a simple prayer of repentance. So Mike's going to play a song. I'm going to, let me pray quick, Mike, and then I'll let you um, get into the song. But Father, I just thank you uh, for this evening. <laughs> I thank you that even in the midst of trying to multitask and and do everything, Lord, you are still um, in control. God, I pray that we would be able to receive these words this evening. I pray, Lord, that there that people would be able to have clarity um, through the process that we work through. Most of all, God, I just want to acknowledge your holiness. There is none like you, Father. There is none like you. And so, Lord, um, this evening, if anybody, Lord, I just want to lead some people. If you need to pray this with me, pray it. Uh, I'm just going to kind of say it, and then you can pray it. But um, first thing is just going to be just a a prayer of surrender. And all you you have to do is just say these words to Jesus. Just say, uh, Jesus, I just thank you. Uh, for laying your life down for me. I thank you for giving all of yourself that I may have communion with the Father, that I can come before the Father and ask anything in your name. 
I thank you that um, you forgave me for my sins, that the Father can look at me and I can be white and clean as a lamb. But Lord, there are areas where I haven't surrendered. And tonight, I want to pray that you would help me to surrender. I pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate areas of my life that I'm not surrendering. And I pray the areas that I do know of that I'm not surrendering, that you would give me the strength, that you would take upon the yoke. I want to surrender over to you, Lord. I want to lay down my life for you. I want to make you the Lord of my life, Jesus. I want to walk in this life, not in my own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to pursue holiness, God. Your word says that you are holy, therefore I am holy. Help me to be more holy, Father. Help me to be a representation of who you are, this magnificent God. A God that we're not even um, able to stand in your presence. And yet, you allow us to feel your presence. I love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And so if you prayed that, um, just know that you have started a path to holiness. You have uh, invited the Lord to be the Lord of your life. And that's a different prayer than confessing that you believe Jesus died on the cross for you. That's a, that's a, a total lifestyle change that's coming your way when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. So Mike's going to play this song. Um, he's going to close things out. I want you guys to know um, that I love you all very much. I'm praying that um, the Lord has given you ears to hear. I pray that, um, I'm also praying that as you go out, that you're able to display God's holiness, especially during this time where there's so many scared people. And we know that our God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. And so I pray that that would be on full display while the rest of the world panics. We're firmly in um, God's, the palm of God's hand, and he's, he knows everything that's going to happen. And our eternal destination is firmly in place. So we have no reason to fear and no reason to worry. He's holy. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. Love you all. Hope you all have a great week. Oh, no, I, that's okay with me, but I, I really forgot. I forgot to turn it back on. I, I'm glad I uh, turned the mic on. I, I, um... <laughs>
No, you did turn it back on, and then as soon as he got the slide up, I turned your video off, and it was just that to close oh, out. Awesome. That's yeah. good. Very good, guys. Well done. Great all right. message. Yeah, very good, Dan. Oh, thank you. I liked all the uh, the visuals. That, that was yeah. good. Yep, because then I could also like write notes on the verses to look back at later, because sometimes hearing it isn't hard to yeah. jot down quickly. Well... That's a that's a hard. Hold your one. microphone. Hold your microphone. Can't hear you. Uh, that's a um. That's a tough um. There's certain messages that are tougher than others to to preach because you know you don't want to come across as like. Hold on one second. 